This is Corey Gray and Tony Stewart from Hairdistry. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairdressers Podcast. Now here's a word from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Introducing Norm Self-Checkout for All. Do you often find yourself in a tizzy with a credit card reader? Or perhaps tiptoeing around tipping etiquette? Maybe even paying scandalously steep card not present fees? Norm is here to solve it all. Think of Norm as payment simplified. No card reader for you, no wallet for your client. Instead, patrons pay and tip you straight from their phones. Checkout details are carried through the ether by either a text message or QR code. Your client receives a notification and pays with their previously saved card details. All they have to do is add a grand, luxurious gratuity. And all available with one low rate as a part of Schedulicity Pay. Try Norm Self Checkout for All. Safe, secure, and shockingly simple. Find out how using Norm can increase tips, speed up payment, and free you from unreliable card readers all at one low rate. Visit paywithnorm.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my best friend, Tone. What's up, Tony? What's happening, brother? How you doing? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing much better, man. Yeah. Uh, starting to feel normal. Yeah, <laughs> you were out for a good couple of weeks there with the uh, with the old cove. So, uh, yeah. you know, welcome back to the real world. Um, Thanks. Well, well, uh, well, if you hear any, like, uh, uh, coughing or, or, or uh, you know, breathing heavy or something, you know, Tony, Tony's on the mend, but, uh, but we appreciate it. We appreciate him, uh, him mustering up to be able to bring this podcast today. Yeah, dude. I, every day you feel a thousand times better than the day before. So I am so thankful and I appreciate, um, just, just all the love and people reaching out and checking in and, you know, thank you guys so much. And, um, I'm really excited to be back uh talking to our guests today and just you know just thankful bro that's awesome man and yeah and i'll thank everyone too thank you for reaching out to me because many many people reached out to me uh, asking how you were doing i guess they didn't want to bother you or something so uh you know just thank th- thank you for our entire community kind of reaching out and and saying hello and 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 just asking about you um well welcome back so today we have a we our, our guest our guest is linda Mackey, and uh i met linda a few years ago um she does this incredible program called a uh, step up and it's like a financial program that that she designed and put together with michael cole and everybody knows how big of fans of Michael Cole we are so um so uh so I met Linda years ago if you care about your finances you know Linda is like the the queen of this program and and she she understands uh salon finances you know better than better than anybody but um but uh yeah man I'm I'm excited to get in and kind of um get that We, we were talking a little bit before just that I think 
I think this is the golden age of financial health for our industry. And looking forward, I'm really mega. Um, I don't want to use the word excited because you know, at the end of the day, it's financial. But 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 I'm excited that 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 people are now going to take their business a little bit more serious and, and understand. And I, I, you know, what's so cool? I think you know before only salon owners really cared about the financial health. Right, hairdressers would come in. I would collect my anywhere from 40, 50, 60% commission and then go. But now with the opening of salon suites and stuff, now hairdressers are really taking a, 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 a interest in financial health because they are their own business now. And so it really has broadened and opened up to uh, just a whole new group of people uh, and to understand the importance of financial health. It's funny, like the word that when you were saying that the word that came up to you is like, yeah, they're owning it too, right? They're owning their own financial health. You know, being an owner makes you own it, right? A exactly. little bit. Um, and uh, and it, the step up programs are really cool too because um, even if you're a commission salon, they kind of uh, they kind of help you, you know, understand the the the, the fine your finances, right? Because our industry is very very unique. And and when we bring Linda on, I'll, I'll kind of ask her if she has a comparative. But like, I can't think of another industry where you work for somebody at commission, but you're also your own boss in, at the same time, right? You're also responsible and you have to run your chair like a business all the time. And I can't really think of another industry that does that. Can you? No, not off, not off hand, brother. And you know, and what's important is that if as a salon, if you can get your hairdressers to understand that, buy into that. every, to buy into that, everybody's successful. Everybody, exactly. They're, 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 nobody gets left behind there, right? Exactly. And also, if you get people to buy in, there's no, there's none of that, there's none of that, like that it perceived per, perceived as favoritism, right? Like your numbers are your numbers. Like this, you're either performing or you're not performing. You know, and and you can get mad at that system, but that system only means you get mad at yourself. That's like the big, like that's like the big mirror in your face, ain't it? Right. Exactly. You know, and then you know, for those people who do get mad at them at that and not necessarily looking at themselves, then, you know, there's, there's gotta be a talking to, so <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? it might not fit into the program. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Time for the conversation. All right, cool. Well, you know, we, we've chatted up enough. Let's go ahead and bring the expert on because, you know, that's what we do. We bring the experts on, but Miss Linda Mackey, welcome to your day off. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Tony and Corey. I'm honored to be on this podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, Linda, just kind of uh, uh, tell our listeners, like, uh, where you're from, where you grew up. I am from um, Westchester County, New York, which is the first little suburb area right outside of New York City, just north of New York City. I think we spent some time there, didn't we, Tony? Didn't we go get like a tea there or something? We got a <laughs> Linda, Linda here's, a, here's a funny story. We were in the years ago, we were at the New York hair show and, um, and we, uh, I knew this guy that lived in New York and, um, it was during, and during that year, during that year, it was on St. Patrick's day. Right. So he was like, my friend from New York, he's like, Oh man, St. Patrick's day. We got to go get a we got to go get an Irish coffee. And I was like, yeah, man, let's go get an Irish coffee. He's from, he's from Manhattan. You know, I thought like he would know the place. Dude, we jumped in the car and we drove forever forever and then we had like get this linda we ended up at westchester mall at uno's pizza Here, here's the thing Here, here's the thing linda at home i lived right next door to an uno's pizza I'm like, yeah. i can't believe we drove an hour outside of manhattan to get a uno's pizza 
Irish coffee or whatever it was. The version of an Irish coffee. Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, well, he was a Puerto Rican kid. I don't know why we thought he would, uh, you know, yeah. be an expert on Irish coffee. But, but yeah, that's so crazy. So, so you grew up in Westchester as well? I did. I actually um, was born and raised um, in Mount Vernon, and then we moved to Ardsley, which no one ever knows where that is, but it's near White Plains, Scarsdale, the mall you were at. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where my salon was. So um, I really never left that area and just worked in little salons around there, you know, prior to owning a salon, but it's one square mile. That's how big the town is. Oh, wow. So how did you end up finding the uh, hair industry? Is it something that you both wanted to do? How did I find the industry? Um, I, I was a good student, but I hated, hated school. Um, so by the time I got to high school, I was looking for every reason not to be in a classroom. Um, so, you know, try to find my way. I was into sports, but not really a good athlete. Um, just, I love to work. I love to make money. And then I heard about um, a tech school where I could go in high school um, because all they wanted to do was put you in college. You know, I was from this upper middle class and area where, you know, it was just SATs and now we're going to do this for college and we're going to do that. And I kept saying, I'm not going to college. So I looked into this tech school and of course, you know, the district had to pay for it. So they didn't want to do that either. So I brought my mom into a meeting at school with the superintendent and the school psychologist. And they basically told my mom that I was too smart to go to beauty school. I was like, so are you telling me that hairdressers, stylists are dumb? Like if if I'm too smart, that means they must be dumb. So I was so determined and they finally sent me. And um, at 16, I went into a salon and I was like, I want a job. I'm in tech school. I graduated with my license. But back then, you know, when you were an assistant in a salon, you were cleaning toilets, doing manicures, doing pedicures, (laughs) working the front desk. Um, we did everything. And I learned from like the best people in the world, that first salon I went to, and then actually became a stylist there and stayed for 14 years. So, um, I, I was determined, um, when I started tech school, I said, look, everyone thinks I'm dumb, I guess. So I am going to be the best that I can be in this industry. And fast forward, it's over 40 years and I still love what I do. Um, But I did go to college. I went to college about two years after high school because everybody stopped telling me to go to college. And I actually got a business degree and a liberal liberal arts degree. Um, And so I, I felt really good, but it was on my terms. Yeah, there's no doubt. So did, did you go to college because you, you knew you wanted to be a salon owner or, you know, what kind of drove that? Like, like, like one, what was it like? Oh, I got to get there. Um, and then, you know, was salon ownership the goal? Um, never. 
salon ownership was never my goal. Um, but there was something about business that I, I just found fascinating. Right. And then I started getting clients who were business owners. And then I would look at my salon owner and I said, there are so many components that go into the build out of a salon, the team, the culture. Um, and I think leading by example, I, I was always a leader and never even knew it. Right. So I worked for people and gave them one hundred and ten percent all of the time. And um, when I was I was asked to become a partner in that last salon that I worked at. And I guess it was just because of my work ethic. And um, I like to help people, you know, so no matter what salon I worked in, I was always coaching and mentoring someone. Boom. Love that. So how, how, uh, how long ago did you uh, get into uh, the, the first salon? Um, that, you that I own. Yeah, that you owned. What, what did you um, own? It was like 24 years. Two salons had merged. Um, and it was, it was craziness. It was a teeny tiny salon. Um, and little by little, um, people were starting to leave and, um, the salon that I came from, we, we were killing it. We were really rocking it. And excuse me. Um, it, it was like a year into it and, um, I, the funny thing is, is every time you move a salon, and I'm not sure if stylists feel the same way, but you kind of reinvent yourself and get busier, right? It was like, no matter where I went, you you drew a different type of audience or a guest, right? And um, like the ones that didn't want to move with you left, so it you, you got more room for like these new, and I call them perfect guests, right? So that was about 24 years ago. And my um, boss at the time, he was like, you know, there's a store in a strip mall. We were in a strip mall in this tiny little store and it was three and a half times the size. And he was like, why don't we go partners? And open this salon. I was like, what? I had little kids at the time. Um, and I said, you know what? I work so hard. Why not? But up until that day, never, ever thought about being a salon owner. So we did it. We, we did this huge build out. There was so much space that we didn't even know what to do with it. So we just started building little rooms. We were like, okay, we'll put an esthetician in here and we'll put a massage therapist in here. And at the time we, we had five nail techs. I mean, 24 years ago, it, wow. it was huge. So we opened it up and my main goal in this partnership was to grow the business. So at the same time, um, I had met Michael Cole. At the same time, I partnered, joined Redkin as a Redkin artist, um, got color certified, got design certified. And, um, you know, being in, in partnership, not only as a Redkin artist, but as a business owner, we got so much support from them. Um, and prior to Redkin, my business partner had like a mishmash of everything, 
you know, every time a hairdresser came in, he was like, I'll take Baldwell and I'll take this line and I'll, and I was like, no, we're, we're going to start right. We're, we're going to partner with Redken and, um, you know, became elite salon and grew that business. Um, you know, fast forward, it was like 20, 2009, 2010, 2011, when the economy tanked, it was the three biggest years of growth in our own company. So, um, you know, that that's like super proud. And then we just started growing within, you know, I would take the newbies right out of school, get them trained, um, worked with two and three associates at a time, and then, you know, set them free. And, um, you know, I was thinking about something you said before, and, um, you know, the salon suites are very popular and independent contractors are very popular now. But what I teach to any stylist, it's whether you're commission or an independent, you are running a business within a business, right? And, and every stylist is an entrepreneur, but they have to think like an entrepreneur. And I, I think when you think that no matter where you work, you know, and even in commission based cultures, it's like, and, and I think you said it before, Corey, it's like your station is your business. And um, now more than ever post COVID, um, this, this reminds me so much of, you know, 2009, 2010, when the economy tanked, um, but it's this awful pandemic, but stylists have to get super smart about money right now, yeah. saving money, spending money, you know, how we make money. Time is money and they have to be super productive and smart behind the chair. That's so cool. Um, and, and especially like you said, you know, you go and, and you teach this, it's much easier when you have a game plan, like like for instance, like you know, imagine someone like uh, Lewis and Clark, right? So they go travel to the West Coast, right? They didn't know. They eventually got there, but they went through a, a lot of stuff to get there. The people after that, that now they know how to get there because there's a path, there's a trail. There, you know, people have done it. People like you and Michael Cole, you've guys created these paths for us to be successful, to get to where we want to go a lot easier than trying to wing it or do it ourselves and trying to find out on our own. And that's how important it is to have people like you guys mentoring and just, you know, because you, you, you've done it. You know, I I love your words, both of you. It's like you you say my favorite things like game plan. We need a game plan. And in this industry, there there are three types of stylists. One that is career driven. One that looks at our um, industry as a job. And the other one is a hobby. And to your point, Tony, it's like stylists are just showing up at their salon, their suite, and they're winging it. (laughs) And, And that's a hobby, right? But you know, our industry is so unique and you want to be a hundred thousand dollar hairdresser, like bing, it, it can happen, but you need a plan. Right. And, um, 
it, it's the sky is the limit. Like we're in an awesome career industry. Um, you know, it's constantly evolving. You constantly have to learn, got to stay on top of your game. And it's, it's a journey to get to the top, but it's super hard to stay at the top. So you have to constantly, I mean, Talk about reinvention, uh, you know, in my 40 year career span, I probably reinvented myself 20 times mm -hmm. because the industry changes, the client changes, the client now post COVID is way different. It's, it's might be the same person sitting in your chair, but that their world is way different. And we have to change with that. We, you know, in these times today, we can't even wait for it to get better. I don't even remember what normal, like people are like, oh, it feels normal. No, it doesn't. Nothing is normal right now. And I don't think it'll ever be the way it was. And that's okay because a lot of amazing opportunities came out of COVID, especially in our industry. Well, let's get, let's get into that a little bit. How do you see like our relationships have changed, you know, like client to client, you know, post COVID, like, like what's changed? How, how have our relationships changed? What as an industry can we, should be, should we be doing different? I hate to use the word should be, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like what can, yeah. what can we do to, to enrich that experience or to, you know, what's changed? Let's, let's just get there. Okay, so what's changed? Um, I think clients um, are looking at us in a much more higher position. I think they have more respect for us. Clients are listening to every word we say. And that's why right now, retail should be flying off the shelves um, in salons, right? Um, most clients, you know, in our area, and I started to travel again, and I'm going, you know, I was in Ohio and in Maryland and all these different places. And um, clients are basically working from home. And I would say most clients are working from home and they go to the hair salon and the grocery store. That's like their big outing. So they come into our salons. They're scared. OK, um, I have much more empathy for our clients um, because of what they've been through. You know, everyone either had COVID, knows somebody that had COVID, unfortunately, maybe knows somebody that passed from COVID. Um, so everybody's a little more sensitive. Um, clients have more money because they're not spending money on vacations and cars and all these crazy things they used to do. So they're more willing to spend money in our salons, right? Um, and add on services. Like you start talking about add on services to a client. She's like, I want that. I want to try that. You know, a new look. I mean, here's, this is where the opportunity lies. It, it's like, those clients are brand new. We could look at an existing client like two years, five years, 10 years, and she comes walking through the door. She's brand new again. And if we treat them, because how do we treat our brand new guests like royalty? Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a brand new relationship there. Um, any stylist that took advantage of virtual education during lockdown um, has so many more techniques and things to share 
um, stylists have had opportunities to um, build their Instagram pages, which is our new lookbook, right? Um, so the the opportunities are sitting right in front of us. You know what? You brought up a good point. I think it's time, like, and uh, I'm going to challenge myself as well to do it. I think it's time to have like reinitiate the first consultation. Right. Like, like sit down with like your old clients and just be like, you know, this is a great opportunity. Yay. You know, that this is a great opportunity for change. I mean, change has happened. Um, you know, so may, maybe it is a good time to kind of sit down and just readdress and not just the, oh, same old, same old. You're like, maybe just to have that same conversation, have the, the, the new conversation old again or the old conversation new again or something, whatever, however yeah. that works, you know. Yeah, you're right. Cause I'm getting a lot of clients now because, you know, this past year, everything was zoom they they all grew their hair out they just wore a ponytail but now that people are getting back into society they want change again they wow. want to look you know what i mean not necessarily their old selves but they want a new look so you're spot on with that i think yeah. too, like what i've heard too or what i've seen what i've done is that we have like executive types now wanting now inquiring about like uh about like vivid colors and stuff now they still haven't gone crazy but you know it's mm -hmm. like maybe a little pink here a little yellow there little you know, piece, yeah. yeah exactly but 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 it, that certainly is a conversation that 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 we're having more now than you know when people were stuck in their office and and, and had uh you know a, a hundred people judging them but now maybe the little pink or the little purple over a zoom call Call is it will, will be a little uh, more acceptable, but uh, yeah. but yeah, we've definitely had more people inquiring about that as well. Have you seen that stuff, Linda? Oh, definitely. That people people are ready. People are ready for a change, and um, but but the stylist has to be ready. You know, um, I, I've gone into a number of salons, you know, post COVID, and um, stylists are scared. They're scared coming back to work. They're scared of possibly getting COVID. They're they're scared. And, and if you're scared, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen except what's on that appointment book. And right now, you know, most of the country is slowly opening up. But I know, Corey, Maryland and even New York, and I think it's the whole Northeast corridor. It's like we're still at 50 percent capacity. I am working with no associates. Every appointment, color appointment is a two hour appointment. But within that two hours, I'm reconnecting with my clients, right? Because I don't have, you know, four other pairs of hands or three other pairs of hands helping me. So I am with that guest for the entire two hours. So I am getting to know them again. And um, so the pace, you know, to be productive, working 50% capacity, it's just the days are so long. And it's okay, because I just feel so lucky to be out and working. Like salon life has become like our socializing, our partying. And, and even at work now, like we get dressed up because we're going to work, right? And clients come in and they're like, where are you going? And I'm like, here, we're here <laughs> to serve you. But it makes you feel better. You feel better when you look good. That's funny. I, I know that like the conversations, you know, like when you talk to your clients and they're like, hey, what have you been up to? You're like, well, I drove to work. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, dro I drive home. What are you doing on the weekends? Well, I drive <laughs> home and 
then I come to work four days later, three days later or whatever. You know, I things, know. We just, we just haven't really moved there. You know, for years and years, I, I've always quoted that um, that change doesn't happen uh, linearly, meaning like like change doesn't happen with one thing. And we've all seen it like where one of our clients or something like they're in the middle of a divorce or they're in the middle of this. And there's either like this major weight loss or this major weight gain or there's this like or there's a they cut their hair off. Like like I can tell you there's many times and Tony, I think you can attest to this as many times where like one of our guests are coming and be like, I'm ready to cut all my hair off. And my first thought is like, uh oh, what's going on at home? You know, if it's not like a thought out thing, if it's kind of this like instinctual thing. So, so, you know, when, and to back this up, not to make it so chaotic necessarily, but, but we've had so much change in our life. There's no reason to think that, that this would be the opportunity to, to ask for change or to see if, if they were changed and to listen to the cues, right? Like to listen to the cues when they start talking about, what do you think of this? Or, you know, once again, back to like the vivid color or, you know, I'm thinking layers or something. Am I off base here? Or can we discuss this? Yeah, it's, and goes back to the game plan. Right. So I love the idea of the virtual consultations. And this was a way during lockdown, we were able to stay connected to our guests. But moving forward, um, I think these pre-consultation calls, whether it's virtual, Zoom, FaceTime, texting, um, you, you are able to plant the seed of a new look, right, even before the guest comes into the salon. So when she arrives, everything is, is ready, you know, ready for those express foils, ready for a vivid piece, ready for, um, you know, change. And um, one of the things stylists are really complaining about is last minute consultations. And to your point, Corey, it's like, where are they going? Right. So do I really need that full head of foils? You know what? I'm just going to call the salon and cancel and I'll go back in a couple of weeks. Well, that's like, ouch, you know, that that could be a one hundred dollar ticket, a two hundred dollar ticket, a three hundred dollar ticket. And now you're like, you know, so now you're pissed off for the rest of the day. But if you do that pre-consultation call, like if I called you up, Corey, and said, hey, Corey, you know, I have these amazing new products for your beard, and I'm going to actually blow out your beard, right? And I get you super pumped up, and you're like, blow dry my beard. And so now you can't wait to get into the salon, right? So these pre-consultation virtual calls, however you want to do it, it's getting the client excited and guarantee they will not cancel. But we have to like manage our business. We need a game plan. Every client needs to have that game plan and strategically thought out and timing. Because I think what happens is we overpromise and underdeliver. That is a big thing in our industry today. And you know, we don't want to say no. Um, can, can, can I be this blonde? Of course you can. Can I be this blonde today? Of course you can. No, she can't. Right. So it's like, we, we just have to focus. It's like, I can't, I think a lot of I'm so passionate about yeah, this. I think a lot of hairdressers says yes, because they're afraid that if they say, no, we can't get you there today, that that client's going to go to somebody else who's going to say yes even though they're not going to get there today. And you know what I mean? So I think a lot of people are just afraid. Uh, but if you're honest and, you know, and like you said, and you have a game plan and, and you're up front and you, and you show them exactly how you're going to get there, 
they're going to have a lot more confidence in you and, and they're going to stick with you. Um, so how did you and Michael link up? How did you guys, uh, how did you, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you know, cause here you are, you know, you go through and, and we all look at Michael um, as, as a financial uh, God that, you know, for financial freedom and stuff like that. And then now we, you know, you're on that same uh on that same path and level, but how did you guys kind of connect? Okay. So, um, many years and it could be like 25 or 30 years ago, um, in my area was a, a program that sales consultants were selling called bootcamp. And I was like, bootcamp, that sounds pretty cool. And nobody wanted to go because it was business right? And I, I said, I'm going to go. And that's where I met Michael for the first time. And you left that boot camp with a jump journal, right? So um, I, I didn't actually meet him, but the connection was so strong. And I was like, I love this man. And I religiously used that jump journal. You know, it was a day planner. It was your appointment book. And you wrote everyone down and, you know, added up how much money they were going to spend. And then, you know, at the time it was like, have a goal. So, you know, we're talking 25, 30 years ago. I was like, I want to book a thousand dollars a day. Now, 25 years ago, we were probably getting $15 for a haircut, right? Oh, so right. it was pretty hard. But I came to work that next day and I booked $1,100, right? Wow. $1,100 the first day after that class. Wow. So I was like, this man is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. So every opportunity I got, I would fly somewhere and take one of his programs. Then I got involved with Redkin. Um, we had an in-salon class. I was not a salon owner. Um, John Stellato, who was another great friend and mentor of mine, um, came and did a color gels class. And I was sitting in the salon answering every question because <laughs> I, I did my homework before the class. And um, he said, do you want to be a Redkin artist? And I said, sure. I said, I think I could do this. So once I got into Redkin, then I was more connected to Michael Cole, right? Because Summit was a big part of that. And, um, you know, at trainings, I got to meet him. And then we went to a training with the Jump Journal. And um, from that training came Step Up Financial Bootcamp. That is awesome. So that's the connection. Kind of, can you can you kind of like break down what what for those people that haven't gone through the step up program, like what the step up program is and and, and how it. You, 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 give us a couple minutes. Give us your opening remarks for step up. Okay, so step up is a financial boot camp exclusively designed for stylists. It's a two day program, and day one we spend painfully with a stylist's personal finances. So like the first exercise we do is a budget. Um, and it, it's earth shattering, right? Because for many of them, they've never ever done a budget. So, and it's you know, not just, it's a life budget. It's like your car, your house, you everything, know, everything, right. everything, every, you know, 
Spotify, uh, Netflix, like all the things that we don't even think about. And we spend a lot of money because we have tips, right? Tips. So, you know, the cool thing about our industry is you can go to work with no, no money in your pocket and leave with a lot of money, right? So, um, you know, one of the things we say is tips are like unconscious spending, Right. And and look, hairdressers look their best all the time. You know, they love to shop. They love to go out to eat. They they love to we love to spend money. There's no question. So um, day one is this painful day where we say every dollar has a need. So every dollar that comes in is going somewhere. Um, And then we do another exercise called money finder. Um, And you have to carry around this piece of paper for 30 days because we know that creates a habit 30 days and every dollar you spend, every latte at Starbucks, every shopping spree in Target or the mall or gas or that gets written down for 30 days. And then you kind of go back to your budget and start putting everything in a category. Day two is learning to grow your business behind the chair with greater intention. So we do a series of um, exercises to build your day. Um, So you can walk into a $200 day and you can leave and it will turn into a $500 day with a plan. Wow. So it's, it's like my favorite all these years. So we spent 2019 um, revamping Step Up and we call it Step Up 2.0. Now um, it's branded. It's a Redkin program. Redkin owns that program now um, and just modernized it. But as far as content, it's timeless. So um life-changing. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, I think like when you break down anybody's business, you know, whether, whether you're working behind the chair or whether you're running a fortune 500, you know, the, the, the rules are the same, right? It's, it, it's, it's, it's outgoing and incoming and, and, and what happens in between. Um, when you, when you guys revamped the, uh, the 2.0, was Michael involved in that one as well? Well, the exciting part of that is we were like, we have to bring him in, him and Mary, right? So um, my Red King corporate bosses um, actually reached out to him and they were like, Linda Mackey's going to help us redo Step Up um, and we would love your input. So guess what? He invited us to his house. Oh. <laughs> We flew to Minneapolis and we rented a car. We stayed in a hotel, rented a car. And on the way, me and um, Daniel Dowd from Redkin, it was just me and him, actually. And um, we were driving down the street. I was like, I'm actually going to Michael Cole's house. And we spent the day in his studio in this beautiful house that they had just bought and redone. Um, and it was one of the best days of my entire life. What is that? And just, you had to stay, you had to stay in a hotel. We did stay in a hotel. He invited us to stay at his house. Come on, Michael, step up for Linda. Oh, 
I'm going to have to get him on that one. <laughs> I might be making that up. I don't know. <laughs> he, 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 uh, oh, actually it wasn't him that invited us to go fishing. That was, uh, that was, uh, help me out, Tony. Who invited us to go fishing? Was it Graham or the, 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 the summit coach? Oh, uh, Peter. No. Dave Kirby. No, it's the guy that lives in Minneapolis. I think he lives in Minneapolis as well. Not, not uh, Salisbury. Yeah, 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 him. Gavin. Yeah, Gavin. Gavin, Gavin. wanted to go fishing. Yeah. Sorry, Gavin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, dude. We, uh, I, I would, I, wait a second. Isn't his house on like Summit Lane or something? Isn't that where the name Summit it comes from? It used to be. It used to be. His original house was Summit Lane. I think it was Lane Road. Um, but he has since moved, but that's how that happened. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's so cool. So, uh, so how was, how did, how was 2.0 different than the original, actually not how it was different, but, but you know, like how is, how is, how is the summit 2.0 like more pertinent to our business today? Um, that's a great question, Corey. How is it more pertinent? You know, like I said, content hasn't changed. Um, it's branded more Redkin now mm-hmm. um, because it is a Redkin program. But, um, y- you know, as you were saying that, it's like this is more important now than ever for stylists because if they don't get their personal finances in order to be able to work smarter, right? Um, uh, They're going to be done. They're going to get really frustrated. They're going to leave the industry. Like industry statistics before COVID were terrible. You know, like the average stylist is 25. They leave after five years because they're only making $25,000. I mean, that's real time statistics. Right. And I I think one, they haven't had anybody to mentor and coach them. Like, think about it. You know, our stories might be all similar why we went to beauty school, but if you get out and, and you're just super creative and talented, we call them starving artists, right? And and the the hair at this point is the least of what we do in a salon. And it's, it's like, like we, we have to learn how to be smarter, not only with our own money, but how to make money. Yeah, there's no doubt. What, so I know, and I'll just kind of, you know, be a little honest with you here. Like, you know, we were, we were always taught to, you know, like have like a three month, like, rainy day fund, you know, the just in case fund. And, and, you know, through COVID, you know, we burned through that pretty quickly, you know, and, and now, you know, we're, we're kind of rebuilding that. Is, is there, do you have a different philosophy or a different theory about is, is a, is, is a 90 day um, rainy day fund enough or yada, yada? It's not enough. I mean, think about COVID who could have ever even planned for that. And, and thankfully, like our salon was in good financial health. I mean, salons were in trouble before COVID. So, you know, three months, that's basically how long we were locked down, right? right. And now think about it. We're going back, whether you're the salon owner um, or a suite owner or just a stylist behind the chair, you're going back to work. 
working at maybe 50% capacity, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm working 10 or 12 hour days right now to be productive and make money behind the chair. But a lot of stylists can't even do that because they're in tiny salons where you have to double and triple shift, right? So is three months enough? No, I think now and, you know, the financial gurus, even before COVID, were saying nine to 12 months for a safety emergency fund. Well, how, how do we, I mean, how do we do that though, Linda? I mean, you know, we've got, we, we've got, we've got a house payment, we've got a car payment. Like, how do we, how do we, for the lack of a better right. word, how do we budget in? Like we need three months, five, it doesn't matter how long we need. We can't get there overnight. So what's the plan or how do we, right. how do we kind of budget that in? That, that's a great point, Corey. So what most people do is nothing, right? So three months, nine months, 12 months is so unachievable to a stylist that they'd rather do nothing. But if we started out with the first $10 in tips that you make a day and sock that away as a safety net, after 30 days, you would have over $300. Okay. So I mean, I mean, 300, that would be a five or six day a week, uh, employee, but even take, you know, $10 times four, that's $40 in a week, 80, that would be 160 a month. It's better than nothing. And that $10 is like such a bite-sized piece. Like, do you think you'd miss that $10 at five o'clock that afternoon and know you were missing $10? Mm -mm. No. But so if that added up to $160 a month, just by doing $10 a day. But if I turned around Tony and said, Hey, Tony, you got to come up with another $160 a month. You'd be like, that's a lot of money. Right. So it, it's kind of like the mental game. $10 a day does equal $160 a month, but it doesn't sound as big as put $160 away now. Right. So, you know, that is what we even teach in Step Up, like that first $10 and, and that, that will add up tremendously. You're not going to get nine months in a year, but it, it's better than nothing. We um we had a guest on uh, a few months ago named um um I f- Brian what's his last name Tony what news Noonish yeah yeah Brian Noonish and Brian told a story where he started putting away thirty dollars a day every day so that was thirty dollars a day seven days a week and what he was able to do is after a few years is he actually took a year off of, of, of doing hair. And, um, he saved up like a hundred grand, which, 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 which happened pretty quickly. Actually. He, um, it was him and his girlfriend. He, uh, the girl that he was dating at the time, she started putting $30 away too. And in no time, like seriously, within like four or five years, they, they, they had a hundred grand and they took an entire year off and they traveled the world. You know, they, they, they bought a, they bought an airline ticket. And, and according to the airline ticket, as long as you were going East to West, you could, you could keep flying for the, the call, the, the cost of the, of the airline ticket. Um, but, you know, just talk about like the power of, you know, the power of him putting away his tips essentially, um, you know, gave him, gave him a year off of work and like multiple, multiple lifetimes of experience. Right. So, I mean, we could slice this a million different ways in, in our industry and it's 
you know, as hard as it seems to get three months in a safety net, nine months in a safety net, but let's look at the power of one new guest a week, right? So say, you know, your perfect client is a $200 client. All right. And for easy math, if you get one $200 client every week, and we'll just say you're working on 50% commission, that's $100 for a week, right? Mm -hmm. And on top of that, she's going to tip you 15 to 20%. So now it's $120 a week. So if you were making the same money, paying your mortgage, paying all your bills, but got one new guest a week, that would be $6,000 in a year. I mean, and, and you're building your clientele, you're building your career, you're doing what you love. So I think, you know, unlike any other industry, and we've said that a number of times today, it's like, this is the easiest industry to change our spending habits, right? Because we are able to make more money. I tell the story all the time. My husband's a school teacher. And he goes to school early, he stays late, he volunteers, he coaches sports, and that poor guy gets the same paycheck every two weeks, right? <laughs> but think about a stylist. If they suit up, they've got a game plan, they show up early, they get their station ready, they make sure the products are there that they're going to talk about today, and they go through their day, and it becomes a perfect day the sky is the limit. Mm. And that's why we have the opportunity to double and triple our income where no, not many industries can do that. I mean, yeah, we talk, we, we opened up the podcast with that, you know, how many industries, you know, um, can, 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 can we do? And I mean, not only that, it's like industries where we are grossly undereducated and I don't, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but you know, like most, most hairdressers, you know, either have a couple of years of college or, you know, are, are, are just out of high school, you know, with just a high school education. And, and, and I can't think of, again, of another career where you can have a high school education and, 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 and not be limited in, in the income in which you can, um, which you can, well, I mean, even, even your husband who I'm, I'm sure is college educated, you know, he's kind of limited on, on, on the income yeah. that, that, that he could have. And, you know, here we are a bunch of, uh, you know, adults, a bunch of, uh, what'd you call us stupid people or something? You know, the people told you that we were all stupid, you know, and, and, you know, we'll be stupid and, 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 um, be in control of our own income. So, you know, it, it's pretty amazing. We, we have a pretty unique, awesome, uh, industry in, in that sense, you know, we do. And, you know, the, the amazing stylist, the successful stylist will out earn their significant other over the lifetime of their career. And I don't care what they do, but they will. <laughs> I mean, listen, it, it, Tony and I can attest if it wasn't for hairdressing, I don't know where we'd be. You know, we would definitely a thousand percent have different lifestyles. You know I mean? The hair industry gave us life, you know, um, it gave us, 100%. it gave us the ability to make money. It gave us the ability to, to be the family men that we want to be, you know, like, like when, I, I, not many people think that you could have, like, you could build a career and build a family, um, off the income that you make as a hairdresser. And, you know, I'm forever grateful for that because I certainly would, I don't know where I'd be, you know, like, I, I don't I know. That you get to control your schedule, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, exactly. Yeah, in the beginning, I, you know what? I couldn't be able to until noon because I was taking care of the kids in the morning. So my wife would leave early, 
you know, I, you know, I'll, I'm going to go four days a week, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and still make that same kind of money to make that, you know, you have full control of not only how much money you can make your schedule. It's just, yeah, it, it's a fantastic fat, you know, career. It really is. You know, that's awesome. So Linda, if, um, well, one, if like, if, if I'm in a salon, do, um, do I have to get in touch with my Redken rep to, 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 to do a step up thing or how, how does it work? How do people get in touch with step up and how do people get in touch with you? Okay, great. Thank you for that, Corey. Um, step up is just one of the programs that I teach. Um, I teach something called principles of earning better, which is customized to, um, any salon, you know, whether they need more retail power booking, the perfect client, rebooking. Um, so my classes are customized to the needs of the team. Um, hopefully, you know, I, it doesn't look too promising for 2021, but 2022, we will get more ticketed events for Step Up. I do actually go into salons. Uh, salons can actually pull points two or three salons um, to get me in for a step up. But um, talk to your salon centric um, rep. And then you can private message me on Instagram at Linda underscore 877. That's my Instagram handle. Um, And I I can get you any kind of information that you want. But hopefully, you know, once we can do these big events again in hotels, and get it out to the masses. That that is my dream. <laughs> well, if you ever do a, a, another hotel event in the DMV, make sure to reach out because we would love to come and just uh, even even to say good morning to you or to to give you a, a, a even have coffee or whatever. Have a coffee, exactly. I would love that. Yeah, well, I'm not going to tell you who we actually already did that with, Linda, but you know, him. <laughs> <laughs> he might have made you stay in a hotel. <laughs> yeah, I, can't. I can't wait to see him in person again. Oh, uh, neither can we. Uh, again, I think that that Wisconsin thing was uh, was the last time we saw him in person. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, awesome. Linda, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, sharing a little bit of, uh, of your story with us. And um you know, again, just thanks for hanging out and thank you for joining us on your day off. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>